Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is the week four football betting review and weekday football betting preview. I'm Stucky, and with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. We just got done watching the Cleveland Clowns clown again. (laughs) We're back to stains, right? By the way, people, don't tease through zero. CC Cousin Sal. (laughs) Just terrible play calling. Timeout The play calling was awful. What was the stat on, on ESPN? There's never been a draw running fourth and nine. Like, <laughs> I think they thought it was third down. Let's get right into my rant of the week. All right, let it out. This is your rant of the week. I just want to get this over with Al. Look, these coaches get paid millions and millions of dollars to just understand game strategy and if you can't you hire somebody and, and the, you, this is your job and I, well, I'm screaming at the bar there's 10 games going on I could do I could do it better for free just for my sanity but you should have plays drawn up for certain situations do it at halftime say okay these are the defense because the Browns can't use a t- you can't use a timeout there on fourth down and then they run the same play Baker Mayfield running 20 yards back and then launching it in the air because if you use your time out there, you don't even get the ball back. If you, right. if you keep your third time out, I mean, these are just simple things. And then the Browns are trying to call time out before that penalty. The, the late game situation stuff. It's not rocket science. It's crazy. But I, all right. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think you and I miss our calling. I think maybe we took up the wrong career. I mean, both you and I are on our, our second kind of careers. We should go for a third career as a head coach of an NFL team. Just the money. Just And this is amazing. You don't have to have any qualifications whatsoever. And the only ones that do the job correctly are the ones that make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's insane. So uh, after a dark, dark Saturday, we'll start with Saturday. We'll cover what happened today. Where I went 10-0 and 0 in the NFL, Sick. which is just shocking. It takes some luck, obviously, to go 10-0. and 0. takes some good capping. But just like if I go 0-10, you know, it, it takes some bad capping and some bad luck. But the way that I got there, I technically went 10-0-1 because I, I got the Jets home, but I pushed the total. I, I got 44. And the reason that I pushed the total is Goskowski missed an extra point. But the Jets covered because they scored two non-offensive touchdowns. Then the Chargers game somehow didn't go over. The rest were pretty clean, though. So it was a nice yeah. day in the NFL. That was after my dark. I, I started 1-14 in 14 on Saturday. 1-14. in 14. <sighs> And then ended up only dropping a unit in college football. I made this roaring back. But, I mean, my thoughts were dark. I was like, I'm going to go 0-30 today. You and I both do radio at the end of the week. 
And, you know, I think the San Diego guys had me on and they said, you've been so hot the last two weeks when you've come on the radio. And I said, yeah, but that one in 11 is coming. So don't get too, don't get too excited. Don't bet too much because this college football can turn around on you in an instant. I mean, same thing for NFL for me. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to go four, four and one in super contest gold and uh, did pretty well in the app. The only loss I took on the action app today was on the Browns. You took a uh, loss today? You scrub. I took a lot. Well, unless you want to count central Arkansas and the shenanigans, you know, at two what o'clock in the morning. Game? I told they had a shot. They were calling timeouts to cover. I wasn't watching. I saw they, were, they were covering in the second half and then the, just some, just some absolute BS calls there at the end to get, get another score home for the, for the Rainbow Warriors and the NACOA Booster Club shout out. You guys covered a game uh, coming to Nevada this week, so you can't control that game. We're talking about Central Arkansas football, but we might as well talk about the elephant or the hog in the room. Arkansas goes down to San Jose State. Is this the mm-hmm. new – is this rock bottom? Woo, pig suey. Absolute dumpster fire, dumpster fire. I don't know how we win a game the rest of the year. Just blow the program up. Give us a death sentence. Collins talking Razorback football. Yeah, that's a lot of question is, and, and I feel bad because there's a lot of uh, legit journalists out there that are saying Arkansas has hit rock bottom. No, we haven't. If you're new to the, if you're new to the SEC, which we, you know, we were new to the SEC in 92 when this happened, but we lost to the Citadel. We fired our coach before he got off the field. We, uh, you know, that was, I remember I was at that game. I was a sophomore at Fayetteville High School. That, that's rock bottom. Losing to the Citadel is way worse than losing to San Jose Well, Georgia State. Tech must be at rock bottom because that just happened last week. Yeah, I don't know Georgia Tech's history of who they've lost to, but that's the worst loss that we've ever taken in, in the, at least the 60 years of football that I can recount for my university. Now, that being said, Chad Morris is uh, last night saying, you know, everybody's going to be held responsible, the players, the coaches, the administration, everybody's going to – nobody got fired today. Nobody got fired last night. Uh, he came out and said, I knew the players were going to lose because – we were jerking around during warmups and having too good of a time, and we didn't take ourselves seriously after we got a win against Colorado State. Conference play is about to start, Chad. All right, Coach Morris, we got Texas A&M this week. I don't know how we're not playing Texas A&M 23. I expect max effort, but Starkle's got, like, if you get deep into the Arkansas program and you all the social media, Nick Starkle has serious, like, maturity issues. Like, he uh, takes everything to heart. He's kind of fragile. Five interceptions. He threw every pass. We never went to another quarterback. Uh, he threw all 50 passes. He's responsible for all the interceptions. San Jose State runners were running up the gut, and Arkansas defenders were just bouncing off them. There's going to be a lot of contrarian plays on Arkansas this week, but the fact is, is this team is not mature. They don't execute. They're going to get probably a max effort, or Chad Morris is going to lose the team for the rest of the season. But A&M has got to be – you look at it from their standpoint. They, they have got to – they got something to prove this week after what happened against Auburn. The level of competition after going up against Auburn's defensive front seven is going to go way down. I think, I think Texas A&M is going to roll. We'll get much more into that game later in the week. I don't know the history of Georgia Tech football. The, like, I don't know back in their 1900s. They've been around for a while. I do know the low point of Cumberland, my favorite college football game ever, 1916, Cumberland versus Georgia Tech. Cumberland, they canceled their football program before the season. But John Heisman, the coach of Georgia Tech, insisted that they play the game. He was also the baseball coach, and they got beat 22 nothing by Cumberland. And he wanted to play them because he accused them of using professionals for the game. So he made Cumberland play, and they won two, Georgia Tech won 222 to nothing. Rumor is that he wanted to win 222 to nothing because they lost 22 nothing in baseball. Read about the game. Just Google Cumberland versus Georgia Tech 1916. It was 126 to nothing at the half, and they ended up extending that lead by 106 in the second half. There's one report on it that Georgia Tech scored on every offensive play. Sounds like Coastal Carolina against UMass. Oh, all right. So let's get right into to that. 
We're going to get, and I, by the way, we are two teams that we bet. What's up, Minor Nation? We're talking Minor Nation. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso. Picks up. I almost called my way back from a 1-14 start to a winning day. And you know what I needed? I needed Texas State to win and that game to go over. And Texas State finally, after the game was over, they celebrated. And then they, the refs got everyone off the field. And then they ended up reviewing it. They put time back on the clock. So Georgia State kicked the field goal to overtime in triple overtime. After Georgia State somehow came up short on a kick to win it, Texas State ended up winning and catching my over. They're back in my good graces. You're allowed to say Bobcats now on the podcast. Everything mm-hmm. is okay. But I also needed UTEP and the under. And if both of those hit, I would have made, made my way from 1-14 to a winning day. But a fucking course, the Miners, they let me down. They had a chance for a goal line stop at the end. Uh, but our two teams that we backed, UMass, and I told you, UMass is the new UConn. What are your thoughts on uh, yeah. what you saw? Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first, of course, I, I got I, four minutes. I, let me address Texas State real quick. So Texas State did three Georgia State turnovers just to get that game into which they thought Nobody they had won. I'll admit that. Yeah, they they, they won. I, I I shook my head during the pod and I said no, I can't I can't get into it this week with them. But yeah, they needed three Georgia State turnovers. Panthers uh, outgained them four twenty to three thirty four. So Texas State two hundred to one to win the Sun Belt is still alive. Yeah, over four and a half season win totals is floating out there. But man, this is gonna be. I hope Spavadol starts getting just a better a, a better execution with this team as the year goes by. Uh, UMass, I think we can have a conversation about this and put them down. Um, I'm not sure there's just not an autoplay against them for the rest of the year. But that means you got to play Akron as road chalk next week. I, which is amazing. And I've adjusted the power ratings to where that's the number that we're at. Like the number that's out there, which is just six, I think, right now, last I looked. I mean, that's the actual legit number that we'll have that we published uh, uh, this morning on, on the Action Network projections for week five. I don't know how you play Akron. I mean, there. I mean, Stucky did last week. No, there, no, do not bet this game. There is no bottom for UMass. There's no bottom. There's no bottom. Let me tell you what happened. I downloaded Flow Sports and I watched Coastal score on six of their first seven drives. By the time the Coastal had reached, I think thirty-five points, they put in the backup quarterback and he dropped a five, forty-five-yard dime in the back of the end zone. The backup quarterback for Coastal, a running triple team was dropping dimes in the back of the end zone against UMass. That's how poor that defense is. Let me go on record and say I will not bet that game. You're lying. Unless either team gets to 14. I don't care if if it steams to 10. I don't care if it steams to a pick down to a pick. I don't care. I'm not – I'm not betting Akron. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. I would bet UMass if it gets to 14. I'll bet Akron if they're a dog. I, I'm just not betting Akron as road chalk, and I refuse to bet UMass. You, you know you want to put UMass in your sweetheart 10-point uh, teaser, right? No. No, do not. I, I don't. And, and no. <laughs> don't, UMass is a new UConn. I, would, I should have faded them. I said I was going to go against you, and I didn't. Yep. It is the, it's the worst game of the year by far. Listen, I to the to everybody out there. The, I mean, I, the play came in on the app, and and trust me, I did my research, and 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 trust me, I put the ticket in the Action Network Slack channel. So I, I mean, there was real. I had real money, a few hundred on the, you know, more than more than enough of a Christmas present for for any family member uh, on this game. And uh, you know, uh, I did my research on this. I just Coastal is is a ground team, and they got App State coming up, and they didn't want to expose anything. And that's just how bad UMass is. 
We talk about ceilings and floors all the time. There is no floor of this UMass team. UConn never hit their floor last year. We, we talked about that yeah, on the live show. Yeah, it's true. They, they their posted, last seven games, they, never, they didn't cover. They posted one of the biggest gaps in ISO PPP in history. If you go to Football Outsiders and you download ISO PPP, which is explosive plays uh, for their offense and defense, UConn had one of the biggest gaps between what their offense does and what their defense allowed. We still haven't seen explosiveness yet uh, for every team come out. We don't know if Football Outsiders is going to put that out. I'm waiting to see if UMass is going to eclipse that. I don't. I can't understand. I can't see how they don't. It's just an unbelievable thing to see. Yeah. Before we get into best call, worst call, bet, regret, we won't make you wait any longer by talking about UMass and Akron. Let's get to the voicemails, which I figure with UMass call, with me starting 1-14, in uh, <laughs> there might be some fire. Now, I think I felt like since uh, I was 1-14, I've won every bet since almost. So my feelings... I wish I could go back in time. I will have Saturdays. We didn't have many last year. It was a great year. We had one mm-hmm. or two. We got roasted, and we'll take it. We need, but we, we will have Saturdays where we get crushed. Just know that. Don't go all in any one Saturday. And, and do you want to do you want to talk to the point that some guy pointed out that you're fifty two percent yet he doesn't take into the fact that you've had like a thousand bets on MLB underdogs and NHL yeah, underdogs? Yeah. Like I mean that I mean come on. You can look I at the app. And- I got trolled on a ten and zero NFL day <laughs> for getting lucky with the Steelers, uh, which I did. But Jesus, wait until I'm 0 and 10. It'll happen. And then you can go nuts and, and, and feel better about your sad life. Let's get to the voicemails. And for the first time, uh, I didn't listen to them. I usually get a clip ahead of time to listen to them. I listened to a couple yesterday, like the, but there's eight minutes. This is going to be good. We love you calling. You're an integral part of the Monday show. Let's get into it. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling... We want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. What's up, guys? This is Bobby from Naples, Florida again. Taking a quick look at uh, at Colton's uh, power rankings, projected lines for next week. He's already got pit plus 11. He's probably going to take pit plus 13 and a half, pit plus 17 and a half, quadruple down, quintuple down. UCF by 30. I'm sorry, your, your heart's going to be broken. There's nothing we can really do about it. You're going to have to score 40 to keep up with UCF. I don't see how Pitt even stays in this game. They look like dog against Penn State, who's also dog The fact they ranked above UCF is a slap in the face. But projected line UCF minus one and a half at Pitt, they're going to be Pitt by 30 points. I mean, I've watched Pitt. Sure, they played Virginia, Penn State, good defenses. But, I mean, I watched them at home against Ohio. And that offense, even under Whipple, I mean, they can't keep up. UCF by 30. Colin hates it. He's going to be all over Pitt. I, I can't wait to be on the opposite side of this game as you. So I'll, I'll stop it there. We, we, I think we have another Pitt call coming. Uh, I would just, I'll just request from my producer here. You'll hear me request for it. Insert a, uh, a clown noise, please. <laughs> that call, whew, he's got to go hide. He's going to have scaries on Monday. But I will tell you my experience. I had UCF with you. I didn't make it one. You nailed it. Your reputation was on the line. I was nervous for you. After UMass, with this huge discrepancy, it looked so good. And then all of a sudden, the start of the third quarter, UCF is up with the ball. And I'm like, this is all going to fall apart. Mm. A quarterback got hurt. I'm like, oh, man. But then the kid drove them down the field and they scored. But at one point, it wobbled. And in the end, reputation saved, nailed the fucking game. And on top of that, UCF, good night. See ya. Don't want to hear from you ever again until next year. And the way that Pitt put that game down with the with the play that Whipple, Mark Whipple ran is just uh, 
it's a masterpiece. If you could paint a masterpiece of an underdog Pickett win, catching it. yeah, with Pickett catching it in the Philly, that you guys are great. Uh, so let's talk. Let's do this professionally. Pitt uh, outgained him four thirty nine to four twenty three. So it wasn't a fluke. They averaged five point three yards per carry. Dylan Gabriel went for three thirty eight. He had two touchdowns and two ints. He had pressure on him the entire game. He made mistakes, and the Pitt secondary was all over it. Pitt was determined to not be beat. Uh, at least let the receivers get behind them. Pitt came out on fire, scored 21. There was some havoc involved there. Uh, and then, you know, Pitt showed a lot of heart. I thought it was going to hold on and be uh, probably 10-11 point game at that point when, when UCF came roaring back. And, you know, I was going to have to eat a couple of the tweets that I had put out there about UCF wanting to be in the college football playoff. Uh, Narduzzi, give credit to Narduzzi. This is a guy that has beaten, Clint, you know, beaten Clemson, beaten a lot of uh, teams that are supposed to be going to the college football playoff. My hat tip to Narduzzi and to Pitt two weeks ago, two weeks prior against Ohio, there was nothing that told me that Pitt was a fraud and uh, our Action Network power ratings uh, were really high on them. And then uh, the week before against Penn State, uh, again, I didn't see any fraudness in Pitt. So we played them again and, and they proved us out and they got us easy cover there. You know, I, I, I never fudge on any of these numbers I've been doing for a long time and I'm really glad that it came to fruition and you know I mean personally I just couldn't take it just got year after year of of Central Florida being shoved down our throats that they should be in the playoff but here's the truth about Central Florida are you good enough to beat say Auburn in a one-game sample set yes you're good enough to beat anybody in a one-game sample set and I say that seriously like you could challenge Clemson in a one-game sample but are you a good enough program to play Florida, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M? Uh, you name it. Are you good enough to go through that schedule? Are you good enough to go through the Coastal Division? Are you good enough to put up with the Pac-12? I don't think you can play these teams back-to-back. And that's where the problem is you don't have the depth. When a schedule that has Stanford and, and now you turn around and play Pitt, I mean, this is USC's you know, job every week. This is what BYU does every week. So, I mean, welcome to the, welcome to the club. Sorry, I went to make a, uh, a sandwich after I mentioned UCF. I <laughs> are you still going on? Are you mid-sentence? I'll just say UCF. I mean, you guys are good enough. Respect you because you are good enough as a program to beat anybody in a one-game sample. But to play everybody back-to-back-to-back-to-back, now you know what it's like to be a big boy in a Power 5 program. There you go. Colin gets the last laugh. No fraud uh, claim to a national championship this year for UCF. But let's get back to the voicemails here. I'm sure we'll hear more about Pitt and UMass. Colin, Stucky. It's your boy Derek from Pittsburgh coming to you live. Just witnessed an epic win by the f-ing Pitt Panthers against the UCS Knights. How about the Philly f-ing special on the walk-off? And that offense, I'm telling you, Whipple got him playing well. Let's roll him the rest of the year. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Peace. Has anyone seen little UCF? You know, last year's national champ. Anyone seen him? Check the shit house. Fellas, Alex, checking in from my honeymoon in Rome, 6 a.m. local time. Just finished streaming the Notre Dame game in the lobby. Wife has no clue where I am. But anyways, was kind of hoping it would end at 13, and Colin really regrets going against his power rankings. That's if he's gotten over his UMass blunder. But, hey, at least OK State got in the back door for some of us. Hey, all in good fun. Hold on, was that a call from a guy on a honeymoon? In Rome. He was on I his honeymoon in Rome in the lobby stream at 6 a.m. At 6 a.m. of the year. 
And he's calling us and sweating gays. His wife doesn't know where he is. And listen to this. He wanted to just throw a little jab in there because he knows that I had Oklahoma State plus five and a half and the damn thing went to seven and, and the sixes in the the sixes in the the sixes pushes, the sevens win, and me and my five and a half took a lot. It was that was a rough loss, but yeah, a good call. Great call. I mean, Rome and talking about how the line moved on Oklahoma State, some of us got the win. Great call. Hello, this is Planet Earth. Have we fing met? Why are you playing UMass plus seventeen points? against a crappy Coastal Carolina team when last week you said they were the worst team in college football. Do you even listen to your own podcast? Get your head back in the f***ing playbook, and I need a better second part of the day from you. Pick it up, buddy. Hey, Colin, it's Ducky. This is Eric calling from Michigan. Just wanted to say that I would rather do a can opener off the Mackinac Bridge into a vat of boiling cyanide than ever, ever bet on UMass again. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Colin. I'm not mad. I bet it. No, trust me. I bet it. I'm the one who went to the website. I'm the one who put a unit on math. All I hear you guys say is, hey, they're the worst team in the nation. Don't bet them. Hey, they're the worst team in the nation. Don't bet them. Colin, Stucky, it's Kelly in Las Vegas. I'm listening to the podcast Friday night, and I hear Colin start to talk about why he's betting UMass. My brain just shut down. I could hear sounds coming out of his mouth, but nothing actually made sense. It was just like noise. Jesus Christ, Colin. Stick to baseball totals, buddy. Love you, Kelly. We'll see you out in Vegas for some cigars soon. (laughs) This is Josh from Baltimore. I am just absolutely floored by how awful your picks are. I just don't understand. How do you guys even have a job? How do you have a network? UMass, Colin? UMass? Are you serious? San Diego State, everything, everything across the board, awful calls. You guys, I don't even know how you're employed, how you even got your career started, how goldfish in a bowl could choose better than you guys. Unbelievable. Done. Uh, glances at apps. He's 10 and 0. Moves on. <laughs> this message is here is for Stucky. Um, my name's Wilbur. I'm from Biloxi. I just, that performance today, absolutely abysmal. I, two, two and 13. I mean, for God's sake, that's. You can't hit the broad side of a barn, for God's sake. That's just pathetic, man. You cost me so much goddamn money today. I'll tell you what. I, I, I'm going to put a hit on your head now. You're lucky I'm going to dust your ass now. I'll tell you, you got about three hours to go ahead and turn this ship around. You took Michigan? Mi- Michigan. That's the sorriest pick I've ever seen in my life. You're, you're a f***ing loser, man. Michigan. God damn. You're a f***ing man. All right, well, better hope these next three hours go well. Wow. All right. I, this is the second hit I've been put on me. Justin from Reading. Yo, stuck. If I listen to you one more time on anything involving UConn, I'm coming after you. Take it easy. Yeah. Last year it was if I bet UConn. Now if it wasn't, I'd turn around. By the way, those next three hours I went like eight and one, and I didn't even realize that I had the pressure of my own life on the line. Yeah. So shout to uh, SMU who's my new number one in my heart. I don't care what you guys have. Uh, SMU is good, by the way. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. SMU is good. And uh, yeah, we'll get to Michigan in my worst call. Don't you let, worry. Let me, let me say this about SMU. If you guys don't know about it, go and Google SMU The Seeker. They paid millions of dollars for a robot to simulate like all kinds of different passing routes. And now all of a sudden they're 4-0 and just killing everybody. Go, go look it up. The Seeker. Two and thirteen, two and thirteen, Chief. It's seven thirty. 
you got about three hours to turn this puppy around, or uh, I'm not going to be able to listen to the pod anymore. Two and 13. Two and 13! Yeah, this is Mark in Sioux Falls. Oh, my God. This Tulsa-Wyoming game was just a joke. Yes, Wyoming is f***ing terrible, but don't kid yourself. Tulsa is just as bad. And their coach, Philip Montgomery, going for fourth and five on his own, like 46, up three, and then getting a sack. This is after they had given up eight sacks. Who does that? How is this guy a paid coach? Anyway, yeah, I f***ing pushed. Nonetheless, what a f***ing terrible, terrible game. Yeah, that game was awful, by the way. Also, Old Dominion did that, too. Going, going for fourth down with their own 20 late in the game. I would have been pissed if I was an Old Dominion defender. Well, they hit six. Their defense was playing so well. Virginia had, like, 20 points and 90 yards towards the end of that game. I couldn't do anything. I thought I was going to – I don't know how I had that under. And I'd missed the Old Dominion number. I was tilting. Luckily, I had Tulsa money line, and Wyoming fumbled at the one at the end in that period where I had my life on the line. Uh, but that was an awful game. Go ahead. Yeah, I also had Tulsa money line, and and the, the at least that guy pushed because the number steamed from three and, uh, five and all, yeah to, to five and a half. But I will say this: at least Philip Montgomery isn't dumb enough on fourth and five to run a draw uh, like Freddie Kitchens did. So Philip Montgomery, man, that crew, next Browns coach, Philip Montgomery, his 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 name has fallen off like a like a freaking cryptocurrency, uh, just off a cliff since he left Baylor and being Robert Griffin the third's quarterback coach. That's that Tulsa's uh, not uh, listen. Wyoming's still a fraud, but Tulsa's not much better. Every time I look, there's a new guy for Wyoming, and they're trying to throw a pass. Vanderball was in there. Chambers can't throw it. I mean, oof, that Wyoming team is bad. All right, moving on. Colin Stuck, it's Matt from New Jersey. Said it the whole week. Don't trust this Wyoming Daisy team. I did. I trusted them. I had them as the last leg of a five-team parlay. They blew it with fumbles in the red zone, right on the goal line. These turnovers in the fourth quarter are killing it. My name is Felix in rural Nebraska. Just enjoying a nice drive. Get a call. You f***ing return an onside kick. Take it to the house. Are you f***ing kidding me? Hey, it's Adam Los Angeles. This f***ing BYU game is pathetic. These goddamn Latter-day Saints can't play special teams worth a f***. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. All right, I'll stop it there. I'm going to get to my bet regret, which is going to be BYU because I had to play it because it was. I talked about this on the pod. Like, I, something's telling me I got to play because it it's seven. But and this is what I think might have happened. I didn't get to see much of it. I was sweating other games and I didn't have that much on it. But my fear was that they were going to be just. They didn't have anything left after playing all these Power Five teams in a row. I don't know if that's what happened, but yeah, Washington just went nuts. Yeah, I didn't see enough of the game uh, to really comment. It's a game I actually DVR'd and want to fast forward watch. Jacob Eason was fantastic in the game, and that was the difference. They, he was able to get behind the BYU defense. You know, uh, Tyson Williams, the uh, star uh, rusher for BYU, got hurt. His season is over, by the way. This the schedule is insane that they've been playing. I mean, the number of Power Five programs that they played already by the end of the month of September, and the rest of their schedule's cake. I mean, I'm not worried about the over six and a half for their win total, but yeah, they should be completely worn down. I think. They play one game in the next, uh, you know, like 18 days or something like that. So, I mean, they, they've got some time coming off. Uh, but uh, you were right. Uh, no matter what the numbers told me about uh, Washington and BYU, and no matter how much I can cap BYU being good against explosive passing, the the handicap that you stated on the pod was they might be out of gas. And that's exactly what it was. Uh, Easton threw behind them all day. All right, let's finish these up. Hey, Alabama. you. Brandon, Southern California. Hey, uh, you for providing this 
outlet here. I got screwed last night with God I'm Tulane running the fake knee. You ever run a fake knee on me, I'll punch you in the face at the handshake at the end of the game. That's complete bull. Complete bull. It's actually an interesting topic that someone, a friend of mine brought up to me. I disagreed right away saying, look, you play to win the game. Yep. But when you're in the, when you're in that, like the defense doesn't do anything, like they don't engage. So some people said it was kind of cheap. I disagree. You should engage just in case that happens or have contain. But uh, note, uh, note to self, I will not do a fake knee on that guy. Well, yeah, you'll have a, you'll have a hit out on you. But by the way, how many tips do I have out on me from this weekend? I, I think you're still allowed to buy uh, on Tulane. But I mean, man, that everybody's. I'm glad you had a good NFL day because Saturday really got you're in everybody's crosses. Today, that, wow. that too. That, by the way, I checked the voicemails. Not one about my NFL day. Interesting. All right. That, that Tulane, by the way, that Tulane-Houston game was one of the best games of the season. That's going to be hard game to top of the year. that game. Imagine yeah. watching Jags-Titans ending and missing that. All right. <laughs> Tulane. Fuck them, fuck them, That's all I have to say. Martin from Chicago. Hey, stop calling. You fucking guys are the best. You guys bust your asses. Bust your balls. to be great. And I respect that. Stock, you more than Colin. I need you to admit you were wrong on Ohio State. No, you know what? The Ohio State University. The Ohio State University is going to the college football playoff. And I just would like you to repent and ask God, who is also a Buckeye, for forgiveness. Love you guys. Uh, I love you too. Love my whole Ohio peeps. I'll be up there in Cleveland for the Ravens game as always. I, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. I mean, and I'm going to get to my worst call, Michigan. But I said, what did I say in the live show? I said, look, this Ohio State team, after – Everyone, including myself, is word verbatim what I said. Disrespect them. They're on a mission. They are significantly better than I thought. And the best team in the Big Ten, to my eyes, uh, Ohio State is playing spectacular. But, I mean, they beat my Ohio. Um, I still don't think they're a top five team. But, yeah, they got a good shot of going to the playoff if they run the table. I, I think – so, first off, as far as this weekend coming up, I, I think they're, Nebraska is a buy at 17. It's headed that way. Uh, power rank it at 15 and a half. So at 17, Nebraska's a buy. I think Nebraska's going to have some success running the ball. Uh, for those of you that have Wisconsin futures or want to go ahead and just look forward to an Ohio State-Wisconsin Big Ten uh, championship game, it's if, if Nebraska can establish the run, Ohio State's going to be – Ohio State's going to have some problems later on in the year. So the big game this weekend. I kind of want to play Nebraska, but the, the, who yeah. is this team? I mean, they, they should have lost to Illinois. Yeah, I mean, they outscored fifteen three in the fourth to win. Their, de- their defense takes too many chances. They're, they're giving up too many points. They're taking too many chances. And Eric Shenander, that's just the way he runs his three four. Like he he would rather blitz and get burned. But how do you get burned by Brandon Peters? I mean, Peters was nine to twenty two for seventy yards. How it just doesn't make sense. I, I was looking at that box score, and you know, I mean, they ran all. They ran. You know, Illinois is a good rushing attack. Corbin. And company they ran for 220 mm-hmm. you know it's uh, nebraska had four fumbles and lost them all so yeah. you know it's it's a little misleading but the fact that and, and i think that there was you know we we covered it in our bad spots it wasn't a great spot with ohio state on deck after a big win they outgained illinois 671 to 299 yeah so now that i'm looking at this maybe i'm not five, as concerned five five point seven yards per rush and had four fumbles lost yep so i mean that's what made it. oh yeah they, they should have won this game by 30 Time possession was thirty-seven to twenty-two. Um, I, I didn't get all my box scores yet. This is crazy. All right. I mean, that, that's the best way to keep Justin Fields off the you know Justin Fields off the field, right? Is is, is to, is to five point seven yards per rush and yeah, not fumble the ball. Moving on. Just wanted to call and check on this Auburn love that you guys ain't been f- giving out. Stucky over here calling about Bo Picks. Bo Picks ain't throw a f- 
pick since week one, you f***ing clown. Auburn out here getting no love. Don't know how they're going to move the ball. They f***ing rushed for 190 yards. Absolutely disrespected Texas A&M all day. Paid rent from being in the backfield for so long. Got them at 66-1 and 70-1 to before the season. You guys didn't give any kind of info on that. Bo Nix season in full effect. Don't want to hear this. Oh, they're the luckiest team ever. We just keep winning 4-0, 4-0 against the spread. Stucky can't figure out any kind of better comebacks other than Bo Picks, that elementary-ass shit. You guys are great. Love the podcast. We're f***ing eagle. But to recap the Texas A&M-Auburn game, my boy Bo Picks, I guess he's Bo Nix, he didn't throw a pick. He finished 12 of 20 for 100 yards. I mean, that's just absolutely electric stuff. Lighting up the box score. Bo Nix season in full effect. 12 of 20 for 100 yards. I believe at one point, Malzahn brought Joey Gatewood in to throw a six-yard touchdown because uh-huh. Chris Nick's enough to throw six yards. Guy averaged five yards uh, a pass. So let, let's not get crazy but, with it. They ran it all over Texas. They had, the Schwartz had a huge run. I mean, Bo Nix added 12 carries for 38 yards. I mean, he had an awful game. Jesus. Bo Nix season in full effect. Yeah, and Seth Williams, uh, which we said on the pod, you know, Seth Williams, if he's in the game, that's good for Auburn, and he was in the game. You can light that Auburn national title ticket on fire, by <laughs> Bo Bo Nix. Bo, 3-0. Bo Nix, 12 of 20 for 100 yards. Bo Nix season in full effect. Do you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Trubisky? Joe – Joe Burrow, the first six games of 2018, where he was just kind of a caretaker in the offense. The offense really had no – He's going to be good, guys. I'm not saying he's not. He's just not good right now. Uh, Joe Burrow would just show up when it was clutch time, make the play that he had to to make. But this game was just – it was was played solid on both sides. It was just boring as hell. They limited uh, Texas A&M to 2.7. I mean, that was the game was Auburn's defense. Limited Texas A&M to 2.7 yards per rush. There was 14 punts in the game. Uh, Auburn just had 299 yards. Texas A&M had 391. Just couldn't get the points on the board till the end. Uh, 12 penalties on Auburn. Sloppy game by them. Still won. Listen, but they couldn't run the ball. You got to give Auburn's D-line credit. I, Texas A&M couldn't do shit. Their leading rusher was Mond with 26 yards. And that's really big for the rest of the season. You got to remember, this is an odd year, which means Georgia and Alabama are both coming in to play that Auburn front seven. So if Bo Nix... is real, people. Yeah, if Bo Nix can have a Joe Burrow-like... Uh, butterfly cocoon transformation that Auburn can be something, but he's got to make that turn like Joe Burrow did last year. Yeah, look, Bo Nix, we have fun on this podcast. We can call him Bo Nix, relax. Bo Nix season in full effect. <laughs> he's going to be a hell of a quarterback. I mean, this guy, he's 19. He's a true freshman. That's my point. He's not, you know, Tua either, but – you know, he's going to be good. He's just not right now is what we're trying to tell you. Did you watch the Oregon game? Did you watch that game? You know, they're winning in spite of him. But eventually, in order for them to win the SEC or to win, you know, a college world playoff game, they're going to have to – they're going to need him to win a game. Uh-huh. They can't just win despite him. That's all we're saying. War Eagle. I love my Auburn people. Oh, my God. Mark from Ohio. Got Texas minus six and a half. I got a great idea. How about – uh, when the game's on the line, three minutes left, and I gotta, I, I, I'm a punt returner. I'm gonna dive for a ball that I haven't. Isn't that a great idea? I'm just gonna ruin everything. I just, I swear to God, I'm trying not to scream and wake up the kids. I'm punching concrete. I don't understand. This is Chucho from Denver, Colorado. Suck our. Ass. Herm Edwards can eat 
our balls. He's just sitting there like a cadaver. And we just shrugged along with Mel Tucker's genius. Easy money. Are you f***ing kidding me? We make money off you fucks. Uh, that was my favorite call. It's shocking. That guy called from Colorado. He was uh, not high. A, a great call to cap it off uh, on a great college football weekend. I dropped about a unit overall on the weekend. So it was not mm. a successful college football weekend. We'll have better. We'll have worse. Appreciate you guys all calling. If you're a Colorado fan, uh, keep your ears open because LaVisca Chenault was hurt and left the game. And that's a big part of the rest of your season. Yep. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Yeah, the pack. I mean, I guess before we get into the best callers, we can talk about the pack 12 because it was the craziest. Yeah, they had the their late night. The pack 12 of the dark was electric. I was, I had Colorado and Colorado State, who thankfully got me a back door. Uh, at the same time, I had the two Colorado teams. Um, I know Colorado State was not in the pack 12, by the way, but I'm just, this is what I was watching. And then all of a sudden, I have Washington State at UCLA, which I'm not, I'm not caring about because it's like 40 to 10. Right. And UCLA scores 50 points in the final 18 minutes to yeah. win. 67-63 in a game I had the under in. I think that was my only loss at night. Did you see total yards? I mean, almost 1,400 total yards. Almost 1,400. How did UCLA score 50 points in the final 18 minutes? I, 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 Where did I'm this just, come from? I mean, Washington State scored 28 in the, in the second half. I mean, I, I can't even – this looks like a basketball score. Washington State, six turnovers, uh, four fumbles lost and two INTs. Holy shit. The only undefeated team in the Pac-12 is Cal. Yeah. And- USC. Uh, no, USC lost to BYU. So I mean, it just depends on your conference standings. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only the only overall undefeated team is Cal. It's Cal. Is Cal? Yeah. The one at Washington. Who's getting Who's no? Yeah. Twelve. So we obviously pimped Utah futures, which at the end of the day, regardless if they win, if you got it early, was the right bet. I mean, it closed at three to one. But because of all the chaos, you know, if you have Washington State, you know, they lost now. If Utah beats, like, there's Utah beats Washington State now. There, there's a lot that can still happen. Who's winning the Pac-12? Or do you know? I, uh, I'm not worried about my Utah futures whatsoever. Am I worried about Zach Moss being injured and not playing multiple weeks? Yeah, I'm worried about that. I mean, Tyler Huntley's still there. The defense is still there. And USC still got to play Washington this week. And and you got to remember the Pac-12 South, Utah won it last year with three losses in the conference and everybody else had four or more. So uh, it, I'm not worried about one single loss. I think USC still going to go to Cal, two Arizona yeah. State. Arizona State's going to be a live dog against anybody. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be a terrible favorite, which showed once again. Cal's legit. I mean, I watched the entire game against Ole Miss. I mean, I, I had a feeling they'd be sleepy. You know, I, I thought I had the bet on the first half under. And here we go. Uh, it was the defenses that didn't get off the bus. Actually, Matt Coral and Chase, you know, Garbers came out and uh, were throwing fire. So, uh, you know, 24 points in the, I think, in the first half. So, 27 points maybe. Can we talk so, about how they don't they don't review that play at the end on a clear touchdown? What is going was there on? A clear, was there a clear angle, though? I mean, I saw his entire body. Regardless, you got to look at it. They were going to get a playoff. You got to stop that game and look at it. It's decide, it decides the game. We're called a touchdown and a, then review it. I think there was it was clear. This is a much deeper issue. 
is a much deeper issue because the Pac-12 has been called out on some shady referee play calling and the fact that they've radioed into some sort of, you know, fictitious, you know, governing body that, that makes these calls at the end of the games. There wasn't even a call in here. Pac-12 refs have been under the gun for two years. Uh, and, and it's just, we've known about this. The number of penalties called on Pac-12 teams is just outrageous. Outrageous. And then this one just goes, like there's no review, like we're just lining up and running another play. Yeah, it's a joke. But, uh, yeah, the Pac-12 is really interesting. We'll obviously get it, get into it more later in the week on the podcast that comes out Friday when we preview the entire Saturday slate. Still to come, we are going to preview quickly preview the Monday night game. We'll preview any weekday college football before Friday every week. That is only one game this week, uh, which we'll get to. And I'll ask Colin if he has any games you should target early in the week. Um, and we'll obviously have a ton of content out on that at actionnetwork.com and the Action app. So before we get to that, best, we got to do best call, worst call, bet, regret. My bet regret I already said was BYU. And just overall, I kind of slipped back into some old bad tendencies. I bet a bunch of really bad teams based on just numbers. But over the last couple of years, I've learned not to do that as much. Like I bet well, – one of the ones that I'm not mad about was Southern Miss. I bet Southern Miss against Alabama. And Saban is throwing the ball on fourth and six at the 45 with a couple minutes to go and they get a front door touchdown? Are you fucking kidding me? Take a dive, punt the ball. I didn't get what the point of that was going for. I was shocked. I didn't think there was a chance in the world. But playing like Vandy, someone get Keyshawn Vaughn on a real team, by the way. Kid's a stud. But a bunch of teams that were just clearly overmatched, but I said this is too many points to what I make it. But you know, I've learned over the years to not do that as much. There's going to be teams that are you know, overmatched, and even if I make it a couple points lower, I should just avoid it. And Vanderbilt scores 38 points and still can't cover 24. And Joe Burrow goes off again. I had Ole Miss. I got the entire SEC wrong until San Jose State came along and saved my day. Best call of the day before I get to the worst call, which I think everyone is going to know what it is. Um, I had a couple of really good calls. I mean, I would say probably SMU at plus eight. I mean, they won outright. ULL, I'll probably have to go with it. It was my favorite bet of the day. It was in our money line parlay. I have to carry the weight of the money line parlay again. Uh, <laughs> kidding, Colin hit the first three, and then of course that was a joke. That San Diego State ending was a joke. Those refs didn't even know what planet they were on. Ridiculous. And but ULL just ran wild over Ohio, as we thought. And that game was never really in doubt. Mitchell ran for 143, averaged eight and a half yards a carry. So I'll say that's my best call. And my worst call, besides the entire SEC. Let's see. I mean, I mean, especially, I mean, I bet Tennessee, what a terrible team. And just, they look like the old Browns. Maybe they're still the new Browns. ULM got trashed. Um, but I'll, I have to say Michigan. You know, this Michigan team is a fraud. I believed in them. Look, I, I, I was all ready to bitch about that overturned call. And I'm still mad about it because instead of losing by 21, they should have lost by 14. But there was a fumble inside the five. So things went awry quickly in the beginning of the game. But let's be honest. Jonathan Taylor was going to do whatever the fuck Jonathan Taylor wanted to do that game. Uh And Michigan couldn't do a damn thing about it. Um, He ran for 200 yards. He got banged up. Which, by the way, he might be – he's probably one of the three or four most important players in college football. His backups are bad. You know, Watson ran 13 times for 31 yards. So – but he could have done whatever he wants. Michigan interior. Michigan mistakes. Uh, Patterson was 14 to 32. You had McCaffrey come in, you know, they, they scored late. This was completely dominant by Wisconsin. Horrible call in Michigan. You know, there was a couple years ago, I had a Ohio state 50 to one future after they lost a game early, a home game early to Vatech. But in that game, I saw some things 
that, all right, this team still has a chance to win. And that's when I've got the future. Well, the whole college football landscape is different now. And after what I've seen from Michigan, no, Harbaugh's got to go, I think. And they lose. They haven't won a big game in 10 years. When is this team going to do something in a big game? That's my worst call. Any thoughts on Michigan? And uh, how about you, best call, worst call, back rep? As far as Michigan goes, I, I, you know, I said this on the pod last week that they have a lot of underlining issues that I do not trust them to show up in a big game. Uh, their defensive line in the and the opportunity rate and the stuff rate and the line yards, it's just not there. 120th in, in some categories. The fact that uh, we power rated it uh, my, Wisconsin minus one and a half and the line was three and a half and the fact that I already had a, a future on Wisconsin was enough for me to just kind of let it ride when actually this was a very, you know, a big play on spot. So yeah, you can write Michigan off. I don't know what's going to happen with Josh Gaddis. I don't think they have the patience up there to let this play out for the rest of the season and, and end up uh, in the pinstripe bowl. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out up there. It's, Bet regret. There's a lot of games out there. I, I would say that I, I had some bet regret on as far as the power rating is concerned. And I'll take, I'll make UCLA that example. UCLA was one of those teams like UMass and like a lot of other teams where I just don't know where your floor is. And the power ratings can't catch up to how bad you are. Said that the power rating on the Washington State UCLA game was about 14. Uh, the game closed at UCLA plus 18. They ended up winning the thing outright. And which was, and I know that that game was wild. That game was a circus. But at the same time, I have to trust my power ratings. And, and I need to believe in them every once in a while. And that's what led me to plays like UMass. I have to believe in the numbers that I make. To that, uh, you know, I want to go with my worst call. And, and this will be kind of a surprise. I mean, I, I, mean I, took, I took a few losses. The end of the night didn't go so well with San Diego State. Uh, you know, UCA uh, didn't pour it. Uh, Central Arkansas didn't uh, pull it out. Uh, and, and Stanford there, they had no offense whatsoever. I mean, their defense did enough holding Oregon to 21, but they had no offense. I'm actually going to call Georgia my worst call. And I know that that's – I know that's – the game was a lot closer. Uh, you know, Notre Dame had the lead for an amount of time. I don't know what was going on with Georgia in the first half with their offensive play calling. They came out and threw three straight passes in their first possession. You have the advantage in the running but game. But our defense overall did play better than I thought. Absolutely, they did. And they were very well coached. And I don't think they were rattled. Now, they had a lot of false starts. They had a lot of false starts. But I thought the defense played very well. Jake Fromm was throwing out of his mind. I mean, just dropping NFL passes left and right all over the place. Rodrigo, money. Every time he lined up to kick a field goal, I just shades back to two years ago and, and Georgia's run to the national championship game. Just Rodrigo range was all over the place. But I still think he should have went for it. I, I <laughs> should have went for it at the end with, I, your, with your rush off. It's put that game away. But I, I pose this question on Twitter. I'll pose it to you. Yeah. You, some people said, look, I came away thinking Georgia isn't at the same level as Alabama Clemson, which I don't think is true. Or, right. you know, is is Georgia worse I, than you thought? Is Notre Dame better than you thought or just uh, status quo? I'm glad you brought this up because I flipped on the radio this morning and I may be the only person that's listening to college radio on Sunday morning instead of NFL radio, but I flipped on the radio this morning and there was a national discussion about Kirby Smart as a coach and whether he's good enough to belong with Saban and Dabo and if he's just not at their level to be able to win a national championship. And they immediately threw out the fact about the fake punt with Justin Fields and all that junk that happened last year. You and I took a different take on that. I said last year, the reason why Kirby did that, why on fourth down he tried to run a fake punt is because he didn't trust his defense. He didn't trust his defense one second. He wanted the game to be decided by his offense and not his defense. And that's because they could not create havoc last year. Kirby Smart did not believe the 2018 Georgia Bulldogs had the havoc in them. And they didn't. They had terrible ratings. This year, he had no problems with Jake Fromm throwing the ball and leaving time on the clock so that he trusted his defense to get the job done in the end. And in the end, they created havoc. 
I saw more havoc out of them yesterday as far as interceptions, passes defensed, uh, everything. They Georgia defense rose to the occasion, and Kirby trusted them by letting Jake Fromm throw on third down and leaving plenty of time on the clock. I think Kirby's coaching is fine. I think he does belong in the upper echelon. I think he can win a national championship. And I think this season he trusts this defense to get it done. I still believe they can win the national title. Yeah, we probably won't be talking about Georgia a lot. Uh, we'll, we'll learn from some stuff, but they have a bye next week. They have Tennessee in October to start October. Then they're home against South Carolina and home against Kentucky. We're probably going to put Georgia on the back burner. They're going to be improving, but not much is probably going to happen from now until November mm-hmm. uh, when we'll have some bigger games. And for my best call, I'm going to go with Appalachian, uh, App State and uh, North Carolina. I called uh, App State in the first half. They'd be fired up. They would come out. Their little brother uh, in the in-state going up against Nike and uh, Michael Jordan and North Carolina, all the money, and Mac Brown getting hired, not Scott Satterfield. Uh, App State did show up. Uh, speaking of havoc, uh, there was one particular defensive tackle uh, that made Sam Howell's life a nightmare. We're talking sacks, strip sixes, and then turned around, and I said, listen, hey, I know App State's uh, giving them a whole bunch of trouble here. I don't care what the second half line is. It's Sam Howell time. And the line came out as a, as a pick or, or minus a half in favor of North Carolina. They were down by 10. Uh, they didn't win the game, but they only lost by three. So we had an App State first half win. We had a North Carolina second half win. Sam Howell, as per usual, shows up in the fourth quarter and is, is acting like he's Joe Montana. So, uh, you know, that was uh, probably best call of the weekend. Yep. Another uh, ACC news, the Clemson – Touchdown at the end. Should that have happened? Should, do we deserve the cover? I mean, I pushed. We, we, you nailed that. You said you wanted 42 and a half. <laughs> uh, and then there was a late Clemson touchdown. I thought we were going to get there. And the only score was a Clemson touchdown in the fourth quarter. That shouldn't have happened. Dabo and uh, Will Healy were on, uh, were on the same page about how, how they wanted this game to go. Uh, they're actually way bigger buddies than I. I knew they were text buddies and they text and talked a lot, but they're actually really close. And I, I think uh, I think once Charlotte got their 10 and, uh, and uh, we're covering the game, I think that's where the game was supposed to stop. The thing that bothers me is me uh, putting Trevor Lawrence Heisman money down preseason, and he was out by the beginning of the second quarter. Once they had a 24-0 lead, it was all Higgins was out of the game, Trevor Lawrence is out of the game, and they haven't even got a beat of sweat on their face. Yeah, Lawrence only threw seven to the nine for 94 yards. Yep. I mean, you had three Clemson quarterbacks playing that game. Something to note going forward uh, about how is going to play. The weirdest score, I mean, UVA could have easily lost to Old Dominion. What about Miami? Miami? What the? 17-12 over Central Michigan? They needed a defensive stop to not lose the game. This kid Moore for Central Michigan chucked it all over again. He didn't have any touchdowns, but uh, he threw it 50 times for 200 yards. But I don't know how that's possible. And Central Michigan didn't do anything. I don't know how. I mean, they had 247 yards on 78 plays. At three yards of play, I don't know what the hell was going on in this game. I, I don't even I don't even know how this worked. There's probably a ton of Miami penalties. Yep, 13 penalties in Miami. But thir- 17 to 12 over Central Michigan at home? Wow. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's Midweek Madness. There's a couple intriguing Friday night games this week, including Arizona State Cal, I think is the headliner. And as I said, we'll talk about them on Thursday night. But the one Thursday night game, uh, we have a triple option service academy hitting the road for a conference game against Memphis. The line right now is 11 and a half. You make it 14 and a half. Uh, I was hoping that we could possibly get Memphis under 10. Uh, not going to happen. Uh, Memphis's run defense has been pretty good this year. They're only allowing 3.1 yards per carry, which will obviously help versus Navy. Navy had that dreadful year last year. 
they're off to a good start, but against who? Yeah, nobody. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this opened up 14 at Circa today, and it's taken a, a pretty big dip down to 12, and, and then other places have it at about 11 and a half right now. The reason for that, I believe, is the fact that they're uh, star running back. The running back from Memphis, Patrick Taylor, uh, he's got an ankle issue, uh, so he is questionable. He's listed as questionable for this game. Memphis has plenty of other weapons. They are loaded on offense, and they return a really good big portion of their defense, and they shouldn't have any problems with Navy, you would think except these teams have played each other four years straight. Navy has covered Navy all four times. Yeah, yeah Na- Navy's 3-1 and one against them. They're 4-0 and oh against the spread. They uh, beat them out right last year. They beat them 22-21. If I want to remember right, that was an absolute downpour. Like, you couldn't even see the field. There was so yep. much rain. So this is a spot where Navy's covered every time they played them four years in a row. Uh, and if Patrick Taylor isn't playing, then the best, uh, you know, the best back out of the backfield isn't there. There's other, there's other good running backs there for Memphis. But, uh, you know, this is a spot where you would want to get the best Memphis number available. And then still, you're, you know, they, there's some voodoo going on in this series. Yep. Uh, we'll have a preview out on it um, on the action app at actionnetwork.com because it's Memphis and it's, you know, getting to win season. It's almost going to be October. There's storms supposed to be in. So weather might play a role here as well. We'll cover all those angles. Um, as of right now, it looks like a pass to me, but I do have to dig a little more. But before we get to the Monday Night Football, for people that are looking to maybe get something early in the week that you really like or think is going to move, the one that jumped out to me, which I don't think is going to cross any key numbers, which I'll mention, is Cal, Arizona State. Um, points should be at a premium. This one, this over-under will be one of the lowest of the week. But Arizona State, to me, is becoming the new Texas. Uh-huh. They're becoming like a simple team to me. Like you don't play them as a favorite, but you play them as an underdog. There's some problems with their offensive line. Their defense is always going to play pretty stout. So I think they're live there catching five and a half. I, and I could come down a little bit. That's yeah. one that I might look at on Friday night. Would, would anything jump out to you? I was hoping to get Maryland over a touchdown. I, I, yeah, I got Cal at minus four and a half, so the number's right there, but I've got the total at 37 and a half. So Circa's got it open right now at 40. So I think if you're seeing some 40s, then there, there may be a little bit of value on the under between those two teams going up against each other. Um, all right, before we get out of here, let's talk Monday Night Football. We have the one and one Chicago Bears uh, fresh off a win and non-cover. They're 0-2 against the spread. Historically, if you're in the trends, backing 0-2 against the spread teams in Week 3 has been profitable. Not something... I necessarily really care about, but it's something worth noting. It does speak to the, you know, buy low, sell high overreactions early in the year uh, versus the 0-2 Skins, uh, who did cover two in their opener against Philly, but didn't against Dallas. So, you know, they were competitive, you know, somewhat in both those games. And they played Dallas and Philly, who are going to be, you know, in playoff contention in the NFC. So, you know, maybe don't read into that 0-2. You know, Washington's not going to be a good team, but they've done – some things better than I thought. You know, there, there's still some questions in their secondary. Their offensive lines actually played a little better than I thought. But, you know, this comes down to me. I cannot, would, would not, do not play the Bears. If you want to play the Bears, fine. But I would not. I wouldn't play the Bears with your money with Mitch Trubisky, the worst quarter, worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, just watch their games. The, the Kyle Allen comes in. He's slinging it all over the field. Gar- Gardner Minshew, first couple starts, he's th- throwing it all. Mitch Trubisky can't complete a forward pass. <laughs> so, laying five with him on the road is uh, just something I could never recommend with a straight face. Now, do I want to play the skins against that Bears defense? And, you know, even Mitch Trubisky might be able to hit a couple throws uh, against the the aging Josh Norman who just fell off a cliff. So it's either pass or skins at plus five. If it gets to six, I actually said to myself tonight with the Browns secondary issues, but they played better than I thought. I would play the Browns if it got to six. Uh-huh. Luckily it didn't, and they 
because they lost by seven. Same thing here. If this gets to six, and it might with some public money on the Bears, I'll play the skits. I might play them at five, very small. More of a learning game for me early in the year. Line is about right. I mean, I make it three and a half, but Mitch Trubisky on the road, ugh, I don't know. What are you seeing? Are you going to play this? Yeah, it's definitely a play for me for for the skins. I actually have the skins in. Uh, I'm in the Circa Millions contest, and the skins is my last pick of the week. So, yeah, at six, I'm a player. Uh, there's a couple five and a halfs out there, so I think we're going to go that way. If not, it'll be one of those games that I play live. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, and then try to get some key numbers around seven and three. And I mean, it, listen, everybody, if you if you read one thing this week, go read Stucky's tease piece because if you're not doing it, like from the two and a halfs and the twos, they all hit, and, and you're not, yeah, and, there. the way to beat the end i had one today if you like when a total is 49 and you could skip so many freaking key numbers down to 43 and take it over uh you know and then you can combine that with getting uh, a panthers two and a half up to eight which wasn't even needed go read stucky's piece on teasers it's 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 key. packers down to pick under field goal vikings under a field goal today right Right. That was just so uh, easy money. Do we want to give the people a talk? Like what you and I were talking about pre-podcast, I want to play the Eagles really bad against Green Bay on Thursday night. We'll also cover that more in depth at, you know, with an updated line, and I'll dig into it. But Colin and I were having a discussion before this podcast. So on the Eagles-Bears game, um, excuse me, the Eagles-Packers game on Thursday night in Lambeau, opened three, I believe, you know, mm-hmm. lower limit markets, two and a half, maybe up to four and a half. So Colin and I were talking about it you know, before this podcast, so we might as well just continue that discussion here. And you were looking to fade the pack, right? Right. And the and the, and the reasoning behind that is, I mean, Philly's now 0-3 against the spread. The pack are 3-0 against the spread. But if you look into the pack's box scores, two out of the three games, they've been outgained. If you look in Philly's box scores, two out of the three games, they've outgained their opponents. Uh, so it's a little bit misleading what's going on between these two teams. Now, really, it's about the health of the Eagles. It looks like if you look at line predictor and sports insights, this thing's going to get at least to five. So the question to Stuck was, is this going to get to six? And it has to do with the Eagles' health, right? Yeah, and look, I'm the biggest Packers lover out there. It's my only NFL future. Um, I've had them in some form or fashion each week, and they've cast for me. But this, yeah, this comes all down to Eagles' injuries. One of the reasons I got, I bought the Lions plus seven when it hit it when it hit seven is I assumed, you know, the Eagles are. You know, they were one and one. They know that they're going to be okay. They just need to get healthy. And then they have a, a game with the Packers on deck on Thursday. So I figure they're going to err on the side of caution and sit a lot of these guys. And then they might end up even sitting them on Thursday. Because with two games in five days, you know, if you sit the players that are nursing, all of your key players that are nursing injuries, you, you know, after those two games, you have extended time off. So that's where I was thinking they were looking ahead to that. And obviously, the injuries played a huge role in the line this week. You, everyone was out for the Eagles, and the line dropped to four. So I think the similar thing will happen this week. I think the line is assuming a lot of those guys are going to be out, which is why it jumped. But, but the, my thought process, which I'm trying to figure out here, is do the Eagles think, hey, look, we want to just get healthy and we have all that time off, so let's sit Jeffrey. You know, let's sit Deshaun Jackson. Okay, but then again, they're one and two. Throws a wrench into it because – you could say now, look, we're one and two. The Cowboys are three and zero. How much further do we want to get behind in the division? So I don't know. I'm stumped on which way they're going to go. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and you're right. The Packers, if you look at their Vikings box score, should have lost that game. If you look, you look at, I watched the most of the game today. Benefited from a number of turnovers. The offense is going to get better. I still fully believe in the defense, but they're they're still finding their way and probably a little overvalued in the market. But the thing is, this Eagles team is just so banged up, um, and it's a short week. Usually benefits the home team. Green Bay is staying at home here, and the home teams have been great against the spread on Thursday night. And Thursday night football, just in general, because of that short week, is sloppier. It's a game I, I like to to stay away from if I can. 
it's not really teasable. But if the Eagles get the six, I think they'll be an intriguing look. Listen, I love the Packers as much as anybody, and uh, the defense is for real. But uh, you know, Philly, Philly is the way I want to go here. There's a tweet that just came across my timeline, by the way. Brentman Murphy just tweeted: Pac-12 says it confirms on-field game officials ruled correctly on the final two plays in Cowell Miss game Saturday. That Ole Miss did not score a TD, and there was no irrefutable video evidence to reverse those calls by replay. Wow. <laughs> my point is, you just got to look at it. I don't even know. I think I tweeted out a picture where it looked clear to me. So we'll have all of our content on Thursday Night Football. And like I said, Chris and I will cover it on this podcast that we record on Wednesday that comes out Thursday. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the voicemails. You guys are the best. Uh, keep calling in. Ohio State fans, Auburn fans, we're probably going to have, might have some clashes soon. I can already feel the Auburn tension starting to rise like an LSU in past years, which I love. But thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. You know the drill. Uh, We'll catch you all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out.